I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey guys, welcome back to the Dance Influence with Dana Alexa. I am your host, Dana Alexa, and I am here with my beautiful co-host, Miss Danielle Rose. Hey. And our special guest today is the amazing Miles Keeney. He is joining us all the way from New York City. If you guys don't know him, he is a powerhouse and you're gonna know him soon because he's exploding on social media. His classes are packed out, high energy jazz funk. He's teaching from coast to coast, New York, LA, and everywhere in between. So guys, get familiar with him. He has huge credits like Jason Derulo and Silento, and he's choreographing. And just honestly, when I watch his classes, you can't be in, like, you have to feel inspired to move when you watch him because the energy is through the roof. So Miles, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. Thank you for that intro. That was so sweet. <laughs> it's all true. And we're so excited because Miles is our first choreographer here from New York. And I just realized my shirt says New York. <laughs> yes, that. that's where you're from. You got, that's and, where you're from. Yes, I'm from New York. So we're very excited today to give you guys a little bit of an insight on his feeling about living in New York and pursuing his professional career from that coast, because I know it's something that you guys ask me about a lot. And while I do know some about the New York scene, I have been in LA for almost nine years now. So I'm more of an LA uh, dancer and choreographer. So we're going to pick his brain about that. But before we do, the amazing Danielle is going to put us on the spot with a game Aren't you? What do you got yes. for us today, do another game of Would You Rather. I think those are my favorite. I'm getting really good at them. So <laughs> we're going to do it. You can right. just give a short answer, or if you want to, you know, go in and explain your answer, you're more than welcome to. But I have about eight, so let's get in with okay. the first one. All right. Would you rather have more time or more money? Am I supposed to go first? Who wants to go yeah, first? Yeah, you go first. Always. We're very, we're very cordial here. We let the guests go. Okay. I would say time. I think, but if you have more time, you probably can do more things that make you more money. So mm. I would go with time. <laughs> I would say I want more money. And <laughs> honest. <laughs> to admit. But yo, guys, I love money. I love the freedom that money gives you. And I think I would need less time if I had more money because I could just throw money right. at the problem and I'd have a whole True. you know a whole staff of people working for me so I don't need it getting it all done for you yeah. <laughs> that's good that's good this is a, this isn't a fun one I like this one would you rather be able to talk with animals or speak all of the foreign languages I'd speak all the foreign languages I don't want to know what all these animals are thinking <laughs> of me I'm terrified of like a, a, a bee so I'm not <laughs> I'd speak every language he probably's like, oh, he's handsome. He doesn't even, he's not even afraid of me. <laughs> now that the bee is thinking he's handsome? Yeah. Buzz, buzz. That bee. Um, <laughs> this is the hardest question in the world for me because it has been my fantasy like my whole life to be able to speak and communicate with people in every language because you guys know I love to travel. But a year ago, my answer to this question changed when I got my dog, Charlie because really I would care more to communicate with Charlie than with any human that exists. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to pick talk with animals for that reason. Um, but yeah, so I would definitely have to pick that one. Plus that one would be more like a superpower. I guess I could like buckle mm -hmm. down and learn all the languages, but 
I could have lived. Eliza Thornberry. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like a Disney princess. <laughs> All right. Um, would you rather work more hours per day, but fewer days per week, or work fewer hours per day, but more days? I think, yeah, I think, especially during this quarantine, I've realized that, like, I like to have like work days and then chill days so mm -hmm. i've been trying to like kind of put a lot of things in one day so i would do more hours in one day and have more days off per week i think me and miles might be like the yin and the yang we're like completely right. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't answered the same ones because i would definitely pick to just work a little every day because on days i don't have any work and i have no structure right. i'm like very like right. i don't know i can't even enjoy the day i'd rather wake up do something teach a class and then be off the rest of the day to enjoy the day then like have days fully fully off i don't do well with that like things like mm -hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> uh, okay would you rather be batman or spider-man spider-man i'm a spider-man yeah, girl i'll agree with you there i would rather be spider-man because batman's really just like a rich guy with like kind of right like he doesn't really have any superpowers he just has money and like gadgets i feel yeah yeah i think so i would definitely be spider-man I, I love him <laughs> okay would you rather always say everything that's on your mind or never speak again oh <laughs> my god i think I think I would rather say everything that's on my mind. I think not speaking ever again would be impossible. <laughs> like, I already just, say everything that's on my mind. <laughs> that's so that New York yearly for it, So I would obviously pick that one. <laughs> okay, would you, um, okay, that's right. Would you rather spend the day with your favorite athlete or your favorite movie star? And then answer the who it is. <laughs> Oh my God, I don't know. Ah, I don't know if I have a favorite, it would definitely be favorite movie star because I'm not a big sports guy, but mm. I don't know who my, actually no, that's a lie. That's a lie. I would do athlete because I really am obsessed with Serena Williams and I wouldn't want to spend a day with her and pick her brain. <laughs> but I don't really care about tennis either, but I just would like, you know, hang. Right, yeah. <laughs> I would say movie star because you know I would want to spend the day with Oprah. And I don't think you would really call her like a movie star, but she was in that movie that one time. I think she's in the color of purple. So we'll I feel like you can call her everything. She's everything. Yeah, <laughs> right, like, right. Everything. Yeah, so that's what I would pick. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. Um, would you rather live where it's constantly winter or where it's constantly summer? Summer, hands down. I hate the cold and I live in New York, but. <laughs> that's why yeah. I'm here to tell you that eternal summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> All right, and then one last one is, would you rather have many good friends or just one very good best friend? One very good best friend. I think that's more how it is with generally me right now. Like I have my best friend that I've been mm -hmm. with my friend forever and then everyone else is sort of like a, a dance friend or acquaintance, you know, I have, you know. Right. It's, I don't have a huge circle that I keep mm -hmm. around me, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'd have to pick many good friends just because I do have a lot of good friends like friends that I've managed to stay in touch with since I, I was just thinking about it the other day I have like six or seven friendships that are like over the 20 year mark that we've been friends and so they're not people that I like see every right. single day or you know they're married so a lot of them live in New York but they're still like so special to me and our bonds have gone past like decades of time so mm -hmm. I would probably pick it for that reason yeah that's great. Good questions, Danielle. <laughs> yeah.
spicy. Sometimes I make her kind of screen them with me ahead of time. You know, when we first started doing the show, I was like, tell me what you might say before, just so that you don't like, you know, throw us up for a loop. But I've stopped screening her and she's just doing her own thing and she's killing it. You can trust her now. Well, thanks. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's fine. <laughs> That was fun. All right, Miles. So it's time to pick your brain. So I want to start with with um, first just talking about obviously we're all still in quarantine. For us in LA, it's sounding like we may be in quarantine until August. Um, I'm thinking that's not confirmed, confirmed, right? It's not yet. Just the speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know what quarantine has been like here and for the dance scene here. But what has it been like for you guys in New York? How is everybody handling the stay-at-home order? Um, I think it, it, the tough part is like, I mean, it's, New York has become like the epicenter of everything. And, and it's especially um, in Queens and in Brooklyn, there's a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of hospitals that have like exclusively been dedicated to coronavirus um, treatment. The thing is, I think with the weather change here, like people were doing a really easy job of like staying in their homes and not social distancing when it was when it was cold but like the past couple weeks we've had like some 70 degree days some you know really sunny beautiful weekends and so people it's like you can't expect people to just stay in their apartment all day when it's gorgeous out so you know people are been and and they tell you you know if you're distant and you wear a mask you can go wherever you want um but there's been some you know some people not wearing masks and you know it's I feel like two months in, there's definitely a little bit more antsiness among everybody, like for a for a solution. Um, and you know, if LA is saying August. I highly doubt New York would be before that, but you never know. It's it's complicated because like New York City has a lot of cases, but then like upstate New York doesn't, and it's all the same governor. So it's you know, it's a kind of a complicated yeah. I situation. I think they're calling for us right now. They're saying LA County. But I know it's, it's, I actually feel like it's getting harder for people in California because due to the stay at home order, I feel like we have, I know we have a lot of cases, but I think we've had less than New York and less than people probably anticipated because we're doing all the things to stay home and avoid it and spreading and stuff. But I think now at this point, it's been that people have been in, in lockdown. I've been in lockdown for over two months and I think most of us have as well. Um, but because of it, the fact that it's not so widespread, we know so few people who have actually been affected that right. we're all like, okay, we're not sick. Nobody we know is sick. Nobody we work with or for is sick. And we still have to stay home for another three to three months, you know? Right, um, right. So I think that that's almost harder because it's so far from us almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and you guys have your cars. Like, I think a lot of it, like, I think New York, it got spread easier because people are just in on public transport and mm-hmm. close to each other a lot. It's a very, like, densely populated city. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, just by nature of that, that can cause things to spread fast. Oh, yeah. um, and so, you know, I, but, so I don't know anyone personally, like, a friend of mine or anything that has it, but I've heard a lot of people that, like, you know, by association or I've seen posts on Facebook and things like yeah. that. Yeah, it's definitely a real thing. Yeah. No, it definitely is. It's not that it's not. Uh, I think we all know that it's a real thing, but it's just. I think right. it's more, it's easier when it's like okay, well, somebody I know is affected, right. or somebody close to me is affected, or somebody in our circle is affected. You kind of feel the gravity of it a bit more. Not that we would ever want that. I'm not saying we want that. I'm just saying, I think it's harder for, especially just seeing now how 
antsy people in California are getting, especially young people. I think yeah. it's just, it just doesn't really necessarily feel real to them because it's so like removed maybe. Um, but right. that's the good thing. The reason it's removed and why it's not in our circle is because we've been home and we've been isolated and we've been mm-hmm. stopped that way. So that's the hard yeah. part about it. Um, how do you feel that the New York like dance scene has responded to the quarantine? As far as like people teaching online, is there a lot of that happening or what's that like? Yeah, I mean, when they first announced um, all of this, like we got a, I, those of us that work at like Broadway Dance Center and Prairie Dance Brickhouse, like the studio sent an email like, look, we're gonna be closed for the next two weeks. And then we're gonna, you know, reassess. No one really knew how bad it would get. So like me and a, and a bunch of other people, we just started kind of doing these uh, Insta- classes on Instagram live because it was just, you know, I thought, okay, two, three weeks, maybe a month, whatever. Like, I'll just do, they're, they're fun. I don't care about not making money. Like, I'll just do it, you know, just to have some fun. And yeah. and then, um, and people were doing their online classes. And then when it started to look like things weren't getting better, they were actually getting worse. Um, I think, you know, people started to, to not panic, but just be like, okay, we got to, you know, still keep the studio open and, and all that. So Broadway Dance Center started doing like online classes, um, a more limited schedule. It wasn't like their full roster, um, obviously, but they were doing online classes. All the studios kind of started their own online forums. And then um, a couple of us, myself included, and I know you just started your, um, your own one as well, um, kind of like your own personalized online class situation. So it kind of all gets filtered through me, um, which has been, you know, kind of, when I realized I had all this time to kill, I'm like, why don't I just beef up my website? Why don't I make these things like, you know, nice? And I think a lot of other people have shared that same, that same sentiment because, you know, now we have a little bit more time to, to, to invest in this new online territory, you know? And I think it's become so clear, you know, I was talking to Danielle, you were actually in my live class today, right? Online. (laughs) And um, I was just talking about how especially now with social media outside of a quarantine so many of the people that watch and relate to your stuff are not in your city they're just not new yorkers and you know and i was saying to danielle even outside of even if someone lives with you in new york it doesn't mean they can make your weekly class every week for all types of issues it could be who knows it could be transportation related money related so having access to online classes is something that I think will benefit choreographers far outside the quarantine because you're always going to be able to have the reach of you know dancing with people in other states cities countries as well as keeping people in your own city consistent you know how often do you have someone that loves your class but two three weeks in a a row they're stuck at work or they you know whatever it is and they didn't get to take your class now, if you have online content, they can keep that consistency, which benefits not only the student, but the teacher as well. Because, you know, for me, I'm always like, if I want to hire a dancer out of my class or hire someone that trains with me, I need someone that's I know is training with me on a regular basis all the time, not someone who takes right. my class and then disappears for three months and then comes back, you know, because right. it's hard. So this yeah. is kind of a cool way to, to have that and have people dancing with you all the time. So I think that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, um, I mean, there's so many people that live in studio, like live, that don't live in New York, don't live in LA that wanna, that want the training, you know, that, you know, they're hungry for it. So I think this is, I think there is gonna be some good and a good, and a good outcome that comes from put, investing in this online stuff, you know? Agreed, yeah. Do you, how do you find it teaching online? Do you think it's strange or are you enjoying it? Or are you kind of like, eh. <laughs> It's funny because I think 
the best the best forum I found like I loved the Instagram live class because it automatically mirrors it for you and the quality was good um if you have a good wi-fi connection like you know so I thought that was the best but obviously you know that's not really sustainable so um I found you know it's 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 not great, but it's, it's, we're doing the best we can. And I, and I've learned, I've become, I think, a even more specific and just very verbal teacher. Like I'm always saying right left and just really, really honing in on the details um, verbally, just so people can follow along the best they can. And, and with my service, like I, I, the, the live can get saved for like 24 hours on, on through my website. So then they can go back and watch it. Cause I'm like, you know, I can only do the best I can with this, you know, but Tell us, um, what exactly is your service? What does it look like? So, so say somebody wants to find you and, and dance with you. What do they do? Yeah. Yeah. So you go to mileskini.com and there's a button that says like purchase access code for weekly class. Um, and I, so every, and I do them, I do them on Mondays. Um, and I, so every Tuesday is when the, when the code is live and you can log on, you purchase, um, the access code and you'll get emailed like a confirmation and then an hour before the class start you'll be st class starts you'll be emailed like an individual access code that only works for you um and then because you know you don't want one that just can be spread around everywhere <laughs> um so it, it only works for you and then you it, it's valid for the full 24-hour period of the class and it's just like a url it's run through vimeo but like i can embed it on my website so it looks like it's there um and it's worked out really well. I mean, it's not like Zoom, so I can't watch everybody at the same time and interact with them. When I do like the classes for Broadway Dance Center and stuff, like that's that's where we that's where I get to do the Zoom thing. But I found it's just better to have sort of a live stream going of it, um, and just for quality purposes and just having it look a certain way, you know. Mm -hmm. How are you doing yours? Is is yours through? I'm doing um, so. I a patreon account which is basically that people can subscribe monthly to this account and um, i did that for reasons of wanting to not only release dance classes so getting access to a live stream class is just really part of what you get you kind of also get fitness tutorials you get meditations um, mindfulness videos and and all types of stuff it's something i've been wanting to train for um create for a while and something that i eventually want to take on the road is like a live training course just something i've always wanted to develop so i was figured let me do it now let me get it online while i have the time so you buy your um you know your membership to patreon for the month and then you get access to whatever you purchased at each tier and then the actual live stream classes are happening through a, a an unlisted youtube link that gets posted up through patreon so so right now that's what i'm doing i'm still trying to figure out the, the logistics of how exactly i want to do the live classes like you said it's kind of like yeah. do you want the zoom do you want the feed so i'm trying to work it out but right now that's the way that i'm doing them plus i'm still doing some free instagram live classes here and there just to like keep people moving and just trying to balance it out and figure out what's going to work for everybody yeah yeah and no, i'm thinking about going and doing another instagram one in a couple of weeks just to like get back to it because i get it. i mean this this is not people are out of a job people you know i understand so i'm trying to keep it balanced enough that i can still you know pay my rent and stuff <laughs> but, yeah but. it's got to be a balance for everybody i think between like keeping things in mind you know i tried to keep the prices beyond reasonable for this program it's not yeah. necessarily about like making millions of dollars off people right now but just everybody staying afloat <laughs> supporting each other you know, and, and our studios, you know, I worry about our studios. It's months and months with these know, studios. They have like $50,000 rent these places. I like, know, I know, I know. I think about that too, especially like the ones that aren't backed by kind of a bigger machine. Um, 
you know, I don't want to, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the, how the status of anybody. I mean, I've, I haven't heard anything bad yet, but you know, if this goes on for five or six more months, like something's going to have to give. So I'm yeah. hoping, I'm hoping we just come out of this with, with a, with, with some open studios that we can go dance in, but it, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit nerve wracking. Small businesses in general, not even just dance studios. Like it's, it's, it's tricky. Definitely. Um, but you know, we'll have to just play it by ear and, and there'll be, I know, I mean, the thing about the dance community and dancers in general is that we're resilient. So whatever's Absolutely. left, we're going to run and we're going to rebuild. So that I know yeah. that I, so, um, yeah. So first let's go back in the time machine. Tell us how you got started in dance. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I, so I danced like when I was younger, just kind of more recreationally, some competition stuff. Um, and I was always a really, really good student. And I always said I wanted to be a developmental psychologist. Like I wanted to go and do the whole college thing. And, and um, I never, not that I never thought of dancing professionally as, as something I wanted to do, because I think at the back of my head I did, but I was, um, I had a lot of other interests. And, and so basically I went to, I went to college in Connecticut um, where I was able to still, they had a decent dance program that was more modern and ballet based. And I was able to still kind of dance as I got my degree. Um, but it was, you know, obviously two hours away from New York. It wasn't really that close to any, you know, major city. Um, so I wasn't doing too much of the commercial stuff that I kind of do now, but, um, you know, my technique got really, really solid and all that good stuff. Um, and so then when I moved, when I graduated, um, about, it's five years now since I graduated, oh my God, 2015. <laughs> um, when I graduated five years ago, I moved to New York um, right after graduation. And I just wanted to be in the mix. I didn't really know too many people. Um, I, cause I just had felt like I'd been spent four years just like in the middle of nowhere and not really, you know, it was pretty overwhelming. So I just started to kind of get in classes. I was a little rusty at first. Um, and then, you know, eventually I just started to make some connections and I'd always loved choreography, always loved teaching. I did it while I was in college just for my friends and, and for, um, for some of the school like student run productions and stuff like that. Um, and then I, so I start, I, I, there's a studio in New York called Ripley Greer Studios where people can just like rent space um, for rehearsals or for classes or whatever. And so I started about a year, it was summer of 2016, about a year after being in New York, I was like, let me just do a class at Ripley, rent some space, say, come one, come all, let's just have fun. Um, and the reception to it was really, really good. And it, it kind of took some time to grow it, obviously. Um, and, but I started to, you know, I just think I was, I was determined to just consistently put out material and, um, things kind of started to grow slowly, but surely. And then, um, I got contacted by a couple of the studios here if I wanted to like guest class and sub for classes and things like that. Um, and then eventually was offered kind of my own slots. So that's kind of, and, and, and teaching, you know, is kind of how I got, I guess, my foot in the door in New York in terms of choreography, because then people started to know who I was and um, my agents knew who I was and it started to kind of transform into more than that um, in terms of like choreographic work and and all that but um, I've I I had all these this this like direct like plan of everything I wanted to do with my life and like check boxes and I just I think as soon as I kind of let that go um, let the type A-ness of my personality kind of relax for a second I was able a lot of things fell into place and I'm kind of just I don't want to say riding the wave because I am actively working every single day at this. Um, but I love it so much and it's become sort of like my, I don't want to do anything else the rest of my life. I want to just continue to 
to reach as many people as possible through dance, through choreography, through my classes, through whatever, um, whatever way that I can. So I don't know if I just rambled. I, not, they're like, not at all. I love that. Yeah. If you're rambling, we'll cut you off and pull you back. Okay, please, <laughs> if you please if go, it means you're, you're speaking beautifully. So don't, don't stress. You sound great. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the thing that's interesting to me is that, well, two things. I know that people say it's very hard in LA, obviously, to break in, get your foot in the door. All the best people in the world are here, teachers that have been on the roster forever and ever. So it's very hard as a newcomer to get your foot in the door anywhere or to like really make a name for yourself. I know it's very difficult, but it kind of feels to me like it's even harder in New York because there's also super elite dancers and choreographers who have been there for literally decades and are just some of the best dancers in the world. But there's also less, there's less studios, there's less classes per day, there's less yeah. students even because, you know, the dance scene in New York, as far as commercial is not as populous as the dance scene out here. So like in Cali, you could have seven classes going on at the same exact time with the biggest people in the world and they could all be sold out. Right, 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 but in right. New York, it's not quite really like that. So um, did you feel intimidated at first to like, be like I'm gonna start trying to teach in New York or like what was your mindset that you were like yeah I'm doing it no I mean I was I was I was and I just I really the, the most terrifying thing is just to start you know what I mean because you're just so free you're so afraid no one's gonna show up you're so afraid that people won't <laughs> like it you know like you know it, it's all these things and and you still and, feel like that sometimes even though yeah, you're Yes, literally, Me not too. so much in New York, but like I was out in LA in January and I taught at T Millie for the first time and I was like, um, oh my God, no one's gonna show up. Like it's gonna be, I was like freaking out. I hadn't had that feeling in a minute, but like, you know, you realize like it's constantly, you're constantly working. But I do think um, the the scene is, it is hard to to break into in New York. And, and I didn't realize this at the time, um, but Broadway Dance Center and some of the students have like these big um, like, uh, approval boards or like faculty advisory boards and your stuff has to get approved by like five or six different people and you have to have your class monitored like they're really you know it's not like you can just show up and be like I want to teach today let me teach you know there's definitely a process to to getting approved and um, I think they do vet for quality quite well at the studios here um, but you're right it isn't it, like the commercial stuff in New York it's, it's there's a lot of theater and and there's a lot of um that and that happens at Broadway Dance Center too so you kind of get this weird world of like commercial dancers existing right in classrooms right next to to, to really really uh, full theater classes um but you're yeah it, it's definitely it is a smaller it's a, just a smaller community in general so yeah I do notice that when I'm out in LA I'm like oh my god this person's teaching this time this person's teaching this time you know and it's fine it yeah there's, over, there's so it's fine, but it must be overwhelming for the dancers too like I guess you never know where you're gonna go or who you're gonna take and yeah. It's a lot of choices. Definitely. Um, so I know that the hardest part is to start, but like, so you're new, you're like, I'm just going to get into teaching. What is the mindset that you're in that you find the push to be like, I'm going to rent the space and try and, you know, take on this risk. What, what were you feeling at that time? Where is it just like, you're dying to do this. And if no one shows up, who cares? Because I'm just ready. I just want to try. Or like, what was your mindset? Yeah, I think, I think very that I think I, I think if you sit and wait all the time for like your ducks to be in a row, and if you just if you like, sit and wait to feel like you need a cosign from somebody to be ready, or you need, 
you know, if you feel like in your heart, if you feel in your talent in, in whatever, and if you feel secure enough in your talent and in your ability and in your desire to do something, I say, just go do it. Cause the worst, like, uh, I guess you, I rationalize it as like, the worst that could happen is nobody shows up. And then I wait a couple of weeks or months and maybe try it again. You know, like I, it wasn't that deep to me at first. You know what I mean? I was just like, let me, I graduated college and I was like, I have my degree. I can always go get a master's. I can always, you know, apply for an internship at a lab, like whatever, it's developmental psychology. Like there's a lot of things you can do with it. One of those like bachelor's catch all degrees. But like, I was like, I want to put everything I have for like a year or two into this dance thing and think and see if anything comes of it. Um, and so I just, I, I felt like I just wanted to do it. And that's so why I did it, you know, but, but it was, I, I think back to that summer and I, um, my boyfriend at the time, I was so nervous and like, I remember talking with him so much about it. And, and um, it was a really, it was a really weird time, but you're just kind of like young. I was 22 or 23. Um, and I, I think I was just, you know, ready to, to do something. I'm like, I have something to offer to this community. And I know, and there isn't like, I mean, we talk about this sometimes. There's not a lot of jazz funk in New York in general. It's a, it's, it is a more saturated style on the West coast. So I felt like there was a lane for me to kind of come and come up and give this jazz funk choreography that I didn't see too much of in New York. There's some, but um, so I just was like, I, I feel this. I feel like there's something I can do here, <laughs> you know? And there is. I mean, the response to your classes has been phenomenal and you've like really made a hold, uh, a name for yourself and a hold for yourself. And you're not only teaching in New York, but like you mentioned, you've started teaching bicoastally and coming to teach in, in LA. So I'm interested to hear as a teacher first, what do you feel the difference is from the students and the type of students that turn up and the energy in your class between New York and Los Angeles? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, obviously people know me more in New York than LA. So when I come out there, it's a lot of students that I've never met before, never had in my class before. So there's that like initial wall I have to kind of break over of like, I'm fun, let's have fun, you know? Um, but I do find uh, energy wise, LA has this like, people are just hype in class. Like it, it, it's, it's it, people are focused on training, yes, but there is this kind of like, I'm you're gonna you're gonna notice me today type <laughs> type energy you know um where i find in new york you know it's very training focused it's very like a lot of vibey choreography in general like a lot of you know it's dim lights and people are just trying to be in there you know i there's pros and cons maybe not so much in my class i don't do too much of that like you know hat over your face vibe but like um i i think new york is a little bit more subtle i guess would be the word um but i <laughs> Yeah, I guess I, but, um, but so, so sometimes, you know, and it's a lot of, a lot of, I'm sure maybe LA too, but like a lot of students in New York are on like international visas, a lot of um, students from Japan, um, a lot of students from Europe. So like there's, the, there's this kind of um, sometimes a language barrier and you, they're a little bit more polite and reserved in class. So um, you kind of have to have a little bit more of a, of a not I don't want to say somber, but just serious tone to class I find in New York. I don't know how you feel about that. I'm sure I mean, you teach both places all the time too. So I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I do think it's interesting though, because I think wherever you're from, I mean, I get a phenomenal reception in LA. My students in LA are always lit and excited to see me. But when I go to New York, it's like the Macy's Day Parade every time I show up, like people are <laughs> screaming, like 
you know, and it's because I'm not from there. So, you know, you, when you get to the, when you go somewhere new, people are always a little bit even more excited to see you because they don't right. have you regularly. Um, but yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think, LA, I think that New York feels more to me like a very detail oriented, technique oriented, very lines, boxes. Like people are very concerned about like the physicality and like the structure of the training. And LA Absolutely. people are here to like, grow artistry and just like they'll take whatever you give them and they like want to know it generally but then they want to own it and they want to like make it theirs and like yeah they really want to like make it a whole experience more than anything else so it's different in that way I noticed even in the types of questions I get in LA I get a lot more what's the intention and what's the musicality kind of questions because they want to perform it and in New York, I get a lot more, what count is this on? What line is this arm? You know, yeah, more of those types of questions, structured. So I think that, yeah, like you said, they both have their pros and cons. And they're definitely, it's funny because I feel like it's specific even to the way people are in general in the city. Like in New York, people are more about their own business. They don't really, they're not going to be in your face. They're very much about like, the structure of things. And in LA, people are like, yes, let's go. Where are you? Hello. So. So I yeah. think it's like the dance class feels the same way. The, in New York, it's more just about, you know, find your business and get your training. <laughs> right, right. And LA is just like so, you know, you have so many facets of entertainment in LA. Like there's just this like kind of like just undercurrent of like, um, like this people wanting star quality, people wanting to like, you know, achieve their dreams. In New York, there's that too, but you're also like, sandwiched in between bankers and doctors yeah. and like everyone you know what I mean and like you're you're on your way to dance class and you're next to someone that works on Wall Street and someone else that does this you know what I mean so you're constantly exposed to a lot of different energies that are not dance related or not entertainment related you know definitely and I think that it's possibly it's probably possible that the people that go to New York are very dance specific focused in as far mm -hmm. as entertainment whereas in California almost nobody that takes my class, as far as I know, is there to be a dancer. They're dancing, singing, acting, they're hosting, they're modeling, they're, you know, right, right. They're, they're not only trying to take away aspects from dance class that'll fill all of those cups for them, but they're also bringing all of those aspects mm -hmm. of personality to class where they're like, you know, they're a yeah, social media yeah. influencer and they're doing all these things at one time. So it's cool, it's different, it's definitely different. So. Um, I think you also train in both places. So what are your experiences as a dancer? Do you feel that as a dancer too, that you're kind of different in New York than you are in LA? Uh, yeah, I like taking class more in LA than I do in New York because um, it's teachers that I never get to take or not never, but like rarely get to take. And I don't feel as like, I guess, known. You know what I mean? Like I do, people do know me out there, but like there is this because people know I teach in New York and people know, people know who I am. Like when I'm in someone else's class, there's like this, expectation or like watch on me I feel like from other students and things in the class not in like a bad way but just like I feel like this pressure sometimes to like you better not f this up Miles like you better do this like you better kill this class and then in LA you know like the pressure is removed and I find sometimes when that pressure is removed um just from like a, la a lack of notoriety I guess I I'm able to just dance more freely like I took um there was that I took your class and I took um Quran like back to back or maybe it was a day apart and I had they were very different classes but I just had so much fun and I was like and and yeah and like we, the filming and everything and like I and I do that in New York but like I felt 
I wasn't even like, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna dance. Like this camera's here, how you doing? Like whatever. But um, you know, I, I, I think as a student, it's, it's, yeah, you feel that energy. You feel the difference in energy, but um, I do love the variety that LA brings and the energy. It's just exciting for me because I just don't live there. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So. And I think it's kind of funny because it's something that I always say to my students and stuff that they don't really consider what it's like because to me, I think great teachers kind of consistently remain students. I'm always a student. I'm always in people's classes as much as I can be. And I do that not only to learn to dance, but to see what the experience is like from a student's perspective, to see what great things another teacher might be doing or where another teacher might, you know, be able to bring, I can bring some of that into my teaching. So I do it for a lot of reasons, but I say to people all the time, you know, most of the time people come to me and they're like, I'm in class and I don't get noticed. And I'm always like, don't rush that process of being noticed and being so well known because there's a whole nother level of struggle that comes with that. You know, I always feel it. Like you're saying, as soon as I walk into class, everybody's like, and that's, there's nothing bad about that. It's just different. I can't really train quietly anymore or like, you know, right. feel like I can get lost in my own world. Cause there is always that consciousness of, well, students that train with me are here. So they're using me as an example of how am I taking this class and they're learning from me learning now. So I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, you can't just, you know, go in and, and really train anonymously when you're in your own city. So I tell people that all the time. I'm like, there's trials at every level. It's great to be noticed. It's great that people want to watch you dance, but it also, you know, brings some pressure. So. And I think the best, the best teacher, like you said, the best teachers are the ones that are constantly training themselves because I think, and it also, I think it's what prevents like us as us as teachers and, and our choreography in general from, from becoming stagnant or looking the same, like, you know, you, you just even little things like how someone else transfers their weight or like, oh, I like the way, you know, little small details can really inform or, or broaden your horizons of how you approach creating movement yourself, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. So another thing to chat about with you is that you've begun, your social media is consistently growing, but you've begun building a social media following that's really impressive. Um, and it's not as common in New York for people to really be focused on that social media side or for choreographers in New York to have a following like that. Um, so what do you feel that that has, um, how has that become an advantage to you or what do you enjoy about having that social media side to complement your, you know, your teaching? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it definitely helps and it was unexpected. I, I think like in like 2016, 2017, when I started to put a lot of content out there, there was just, I don't know if it was easier for stuff to go viral back then on Instagram or was, because I, I, there were like a bunch of early videos that I put out like to some, like it was like Shape of You, Ed Sheeran and something else, like another thing I talked to and they like got hundreds of thousands of views and I got all these initial followers and then, you know, it, it, it did help. It, made, it kind of, it was, I didn't really know what to do with it. You know, I was just putting out stuff cause I liked it. Um, and, and, you know, you kind of roll with it. And then I find now like things are not as, you know, Instagram, the, the, the whole format yeah, and algorithm yeah. Instagram has totally changed, you know? So, so it's a different ball game now. Um, and I don't really focus or care about that, you know, about whether my video goes viral, whatever that means, you know? Um, but I do think, I don't know, maybe because I think LA jumped on the, the camera filming class bandwagon a slightly earlier and more frequently than New York did. It started, it started um, here, yeah. 
Yeah. So it's, you know, it, it, I think there was this kind of a lot of teachers out there were able to grow large followings relatively quickly. Um, and New York was not really, you know, as, as quick with that. So um, I think it's just a little less common for teachers to have larger followings out here. Um, but it's, I don't, it's nothing about it has ever hurt me, I guess. You know what I mean? I, so um, I don't have some crazy, I'm not like, you know, I don't got on all the, you know, you see, you see all comparison, you compare people and it's like, I don't feel like I have this huge following, but you're right. It is, you know, you still like people are looking at what you do and whether you have, if you have a thousand followers, that's still a thousand people watching what you do. You know what I mean? And um, so it, it can be a great tool and then they can share it with their friends and it's good. I don't, I, it's not that deep to me, social media, you know what I mean? It's a tool. It's something you can use to help you to get your material out there. But if it's not backed by something, something with heart and something solid, you know, I think that that can be felt sometimes, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was asking also mostly because I was wondering as somebody who kind of came up with the two things kind of hand in hand, you start teaching, you start building this following. That's, that's for New York is a large following. You know, I went through a couple of different people from New York because we're looking at bringing teachers in from other cities for the, you know, for this, for the, you know, time being, because for me, for you guys out there watching, I think it's cool for me to have people on while we're doing the show digitally that aren't local in LA that when we get back in studio might not be able to make the show. Um, so I'll be right. doing not only, you know, teachers around the country, but also maybe some international choreographers as well in, in the future. Um, so I was looking at people's um, numbers just to see because this is a influencer based show and you by far had more followers than almost anybody else that I searched for that East Coast um, realm. So that is something to really be impressed with, whether it's comparatively huge compared to someone else doesn't matter because it really only matters in your market what you've built. So my thing right. that's interesting for you is that my question is that I know there is a major, for anyone out there who doesn't know this, you're gonna get educated now, there's always an argument between people who are OG and who are you know anti-social media that are like, social media choreographers are, are bullshit essentially. And, um, you know, I wonder, does that ever, do you ever feel that maybe you get counted out or that people see your following and they're like, oh, he just has a full class because he has a following and they don't even real. I know that's not true by the way, that's garbage, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear that all the time for me. Um, so I'm wondering, does that affect you? Do you feel that that has been an issue for you or have people been pretty understanding and, and just giving you a shot? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's like, you have to, people have to understand that like social media and 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 all of that like all that smoke and mirror whatever it is like that is just what you choose to present to the world and numbers all those things like you can assume what you want about somebody based on what you see you know what i mean that's just human nature you have the right to you can you know i don't i i I, I think I used to care more like, oh, like they think I just kind of popped up overnight and, you know, mm -hmm. maybe because my success was a little bit faster than theirs or, but, but then there's people that pop up out of nowhere in a day, you know what I mean? So it's never like everyone's journey, everyone's path is so different and um, people don't, people only see the end product. People don't see the work that you put in, you know what I mean? People didn't see that I was like driving an hour and a half out of the city every other day to go teach these kids out in the suburbs and then rushing back and taking like Luam's class at 9 p.m. like to make like 30 bucks an hour at these like, studios you know what I mean like you you just you have these things that you go through and you, and you really build yourself up and but and some but people see oh he has a larger following his classes are sold out you know he just got lucky with social media and it's just not the case you know what I mean I think 
maybe for some people that that is the case and more power to them I you know like I, I don't hate on anybody for what what they've accomplished or what they've done with it with their time and if, with their following but you're right I do think some people that that aren't maybe as um present as on social media do kind of scoff at it or look down on it and um that's just the nature of it you know what I mean but I don't think it's ever counted me out in terms of like jobs or choreographic jobs or um booking a job as a dancer like I don't think it's it's never I, I haven't at least to my knowledge but I'm not behind the table so <laughs> I don't know you know yeah um, I mean for me it's it's only helped me in terms of a professional um sense being able to right. book work and and find choreographic work it actually helps me consistently but um you know I do know as far as you know other people from the outside watching that sometimes they'll make a quick you know snap decision that like exactly. oh, just popular because she's on social media and I'm it's like, just interesting though because you're not you're not just getting lucky you're putting out your content and you're being right, you right. and you're putting out things and people just follow you because they want to be influenced by you and so it's it's not them you just being lucky so I, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I agree I do I do think that there is a formula to social media that does tend to not always but it does tend to equate to something that works for people because for me being an effective teacher, you can be the best dancer in the world, but if you don't know how to relate to people and if you don't know how to make people feel comfortable and to make them want to come into your room and be vulnerable because classes, places of learning, they need to be a safe space where people can come in as they are and mm -hmm. work towards being better. So when we don't let people have that freedom and they feel like they're constantly being judged or they're being looked down on because they're not as good as me or as the best dancers in the world, then that's not a classroom. That's a competitive audition type environment. You know, that's right. an end of the road environment, not a process environment. So for me, class should be welcoming. So to me, yeah, if you can build a social media following, that means something about you is magnetic. Something about you is something that right. people like to be in the presence of. They want to see your picture every day or your post and your caption every day. And so that should make you, you know, that should make you somebody that already has that, lets people know, hey, if I like this person's energy and presence, then I might like it in person too. It doesn't mean they will. Some people online are just really good at painting a picture and faking it, sure. Um, but I think that you can figure that out pretty quick. The first time you step in their class, you're going to be like, yeah. I would say just before you make any assumption about anybody, just go take their class or go watch them teach. I didn't forget to take the class. Like, or go just, you know, don't don't just you know assume something about somebody because of what you see you Absolutely. know like i think you have it, it, it to, in order to make it you know in order to make an educated opinion you know what i mean and not so just, if anyone out there is a hater and wants to come and watch one of our classes to judge us <laughs> at teaching we encourage you to come just right you know that's like, right hey. come one come all <laughs> yeah. hey i hate you and i just want to see if you're actually good at teaching i'll let you right in the room you can sit and watch and you'll have a good time i promise right, right. <laughs> so that being said you are breaking into the choreographic realm which is interesting as well because i do feel that at a time people felt very strongly that you had to be a choreographer first and then eventually down the road you can teach um but I disagree with that concept, which I know makes a lot of people aggravated. But to me, I was born a teacher. I was a dance teacher when I was 11 years old. And I've been da teaching dance ever since because I'm a teacher in my soul. I can teach people things that I can't even do. Like I can teach. Right. That's right, a right, right. 
So, um, and becoming a teacher and being a teacher made me a better choreographer. It made me understand music. It made me very clear in the way that I speak. It made me understand pictures and how people should move. And that made me a good choreographer being a teacher at such a young age. So I, I deeply believe in and support that. Um, and it's so it's interesting that your path has been that. And so recently, I know you got to choreograph for Peloton, right? There, um, you became their choreographer. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was awesome. I was actually um, in Miami. Uh, I was supposed to dance at their, uh, this award show called Premios um, with Talia. And my agent called me and said, look, like I have this thing with Peloton. It was all this NDA stuff. Cause as you know, they're very, they're very protective about their content. Um, but it, it, it was just like a very major thing that I didn't, you would I never would have saw it coming um, to kind of work with a more fitness oriented or, or athletic brand. Um, um, and it happened literally like right before quarantine. Like we wrapped the the series the first week of March, like the end of the first week wow. of March. So literally right before, like it couldn't have happened at a better time because you know wow. it wouldn't be happening right now. Um, so it was it was a really awesome, beautiful experience. But I agree with everything that you said about there's no one path. I don't feel like you need to be a choreographer to be a good teacher. I don't think you need to be a teacher to become a choreographer. I don't think every dancer is a good teacher. I don't think every teacher is a good dancer. I think there's a room and a lane for everybody. And you are the only one that can that can um, know what that looks like for you. So I, I totally agree. You know, and screw someone Absolutely. who if they agree differently, like that's their opinion. You know what I mean? They're not, as long as they're not actively stopping your bag or your hustle, like who cares? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, because if you're doing what's meant for you, then no one should really be able to interfere. Exactly. But I, I, yeah, I just think it's interesting because I hear it so much that people are very opinionated about who should be a teacher and who should be doing what and who's qualified to do that. And I'm always saying to myself, you know, you hear it a lot that, that people should be teaching only if they could teach you like a vibe and they can teach you artistry and they could teach you all this stuff. And then I, I always wonder to myself, okay, so when you get to set and they have to teach you choreo, if there isn't someone that's been teaching you how to retain choreography, what are you going to do with a vibe? You're not going to be able to do the job you were booked to do because you have yeah. to learn to do choreography and pick it up quickly. So yeah. if you want to teach a vibe, teach a, teach a vibe, but let somebody else teach an eight count and let somebody else teach a jazz funk and this and that because there is going to be a point where people all. Yeah, need everything. So teach what you're good at and let people teach what they're good at and trust that for people that's going to come together into exactly the the formula they'll need for their own path. So I'm huge on yeah. that. And I'm a huge supporter of you. I love your class. I love the, everything that you put out, honestly. I, I really do. I think your energy is really special. And, you know, I always find myself attracted to people who, like you've said a couple of times in this interview, aren't in it for like the fame or the notoriety or the numbers. All that stuff seems to be just a natural runoff from just doing something you're super passionate about. And really caring about the people that come into your room. So I see that in you and I really appreciate that in you, which is one of the main reasons I wanted you to, to be here with us. So thank you for being here today. Of course, no, and I, all the same to you, like I remember the first time you came to New York in 2016, I took your class for the first time. Not the first time you came to New York, first time I took your class in New York and I was just like, I love this girl, she's so <laughs> fun. So um, all the same to you and thank you so much. This is great, it's so great that you're doing this. Like this is awesome, thank what an awesome platform, so. We, we love it, we're very happy with this show. But before I let you go, I do have one final question for you that I think will come in handy to anybody out there that consistently asks this question or wonders this question about um, you know, LA versus New York and all of that and maybe moving to New York. 
Do you have any advice for somebody about like, you know, you're living in New York right now. What is that like? What should people do or prepare or look into if they want to come and live in that city? Yeah, um, it's, <laughs> it's a beast. It's a very, very intense city. Um, it's a very expensive city. Like save up money before you anywhere. LA is expensive too, but like, you know, not it's um, not as bad here. Not as bad. Right. Yeah. Like you're looking at 1800 or 2000 a month for a studio in New York, if you want to live alone, like, you know, it's, it's a lot um, minimum. So like, you've got to, um, you've got to have your ducks in a row in that sense. You don't want to come here and just kind of squander because um, a lot of people do that and then they kind of go back and, and have to kind of regroup. So have at least like that aspect of your life somewhat arranged before you move out here. And then, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. You have to be ready for a lot of curveballs. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that can go wrong. There's a lot of things that can go right. There's a lot of people that are doing a lot of different things all at the same time. And you see them like you're, you're next, like I said earlier, like you're next to the person that's on their way to their, their job at Vogue and then the other girl that's like on her way to work at Morgan Stanley Investment Bank like there's there's so much stuff happening all the time and so you just have to be ready for it and you have to be ready to not get overwhelmed by it um and and be ready to hustle because it's it's not a very forgiving city you know <laughs> but so get your ducks in a row if you're gonna move to New York make sure you do your research make sure you yeah. save up a little money um, but thank you guys so much for watching us today here on the Dance Influence. I hope that this helped you. If you enjoyed this show, make sure that you like and subscribe and that you give us a comment down below. We'd love to chat with you and hear about your opinions. Um, so thank you guys again. Miles, tell them where they can find you. Yeah, my Instagram is at Miles Keeney, M-I-L-E-S-K-E-E-N-E-Y. Um, that's all social media, YouTube, TikTok, all these, all these things that we do these days. Um, and, and yeah, and I teach right like in normal life, non-quarantine life, I teach uh, weekly at Broadway Dance Center and at Perry Dance in New York. And um, I do come out to LA relatively frequently. So hopefully when things go back to normal, I'll be back out there. And in the meantime, soon. you guys can catch his classes online every Monday, right? Yeah, every Monday, 4 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. And you can register. Even if you can't make the live stream, you can still register and watch it kind of anytime within that 24-hour period. Um, and I post about it on, on social media every week. Amazing. And Danielle, tell them where they can find you. Danielle Rose 143 on Instagram. We love you all. <laughs> And so you guys know you can find me on Instagram at Dana Alexa underscore and uh, same thing on TikTok. Those are my two main platforms right now, but I'm on all social media. You'll find me. Dana Alexa. <laughs> I love TikTok, y'all. Don't even it's try to oh, so I love fun. TikTok. Um, so but thank fun. you guys. It's the best. It's the best. It's so fun. I don't know. I'm having a good time on TikTok, y'all. So most of my stuff actually is going up there. But um, thank you guys again for watching. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of The Dance Influence. Um, if you guys also want to check out my page Patreon is patreon.com slash Alexa. It's where I am training you guys. I developed a full training program for you guys, mind, body, spirit, helping y'all 360 degrees. So I hope to see you there in my Patreon community. I love you guys and we'll be back real soon. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.